0: You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. How about yourself?
0: I'm wonderful. What can I help you with?
1: So I'm interested in military medicine, and I saw that you were a flight surgeon in the Air Force. So I just wanted to ask what your experience was like from like the moment you found out you wanted to. Go on that path until you actually became a flight surgeon and so on.
0: Yeah. So before I jump into my story, uh, which I've talked about before, I want to know why you're interested in it.
1: So I'm prior enlisted. um, And then I did my own thing after I got out, used the GI Bill, got my undergrads in something completely different than science, went to the job market, found out that I wasn't really interested in Doing banking anymore. I wanted to do something where I could help people directly. So I quit my job this year and then decided to go on this pre med track. And I do want to go back into the military because I want to serve other service members. So,
0: yeah, that's awesome. So, even without my story, it sounds like you understand the military already. You understand kind of the nuances, the good stuff, the bad stuff. That's where a lot of people going into the HPSP program or or however they get their foot in the door with military medicine, a lot of people go in without that prior being enlisted or being an officer or whatever experience they have. Most people go in without that experience. And then they're hit with the reality of, oh, the military is kind of not what I thought it was. Like they own you and they tell you where to move and they tell you when you deploy and all of that stuff. And so if you understand that part already, and now you know you wanna be a doctor, that sounds like a pretty great marriage there to to understand why you want to go into military medicine, right? It's a very great uh, patient population, uh, those who are serving, uh, their family members, and uh, your experience already putting on a uniform and kind of being under the control of Uncle Sam. Uh, It sounds like you understand a lot of those nuances. For me, I mean, my experience was I didn't have any experience. I signed up for the HPSP program, not necessarily because I wanted to serve. It's because I wanted the money for medical school, right? Which is not what I recommend at this point, having gone through the process, understanding the negative parts of the military. Um, And so I only recommend, ideally, that you sign up for HPSP if you want to serve. And then obviously mm-hmm. having medical school paid for is a bonus on top of that. The negative aspects are, well, for me, I wanted to do orthopedic surgery. That's, that's why I went to medical school, to become an orthopedic surgeon. And I applied for orthopedics at, uh, at the, the time that was required as a fourth year. And the military, because you have to apply to military match and the civilian match, the military was like, yeah, no. You don't. You don't get to be an orthopod. You're gonna go do your internship year and then apply again. And then I did my internship year. I applied again, but there's really not much that you can do to change your application in that short amount of time. And so I applied again. And they're like, "Yeah, no." Although they called me like three days after the match and were like, "Hey, if you get a spot, you can have ortho." So I must have been like the next one on the list, like to to just miss that cutoff. Um, but but ultimately. Uh, I didn't get to become an orthopedic surgeon, at least initially, because of the military, right? That's the first kind of bad thing that happens, potentially, for people going through the military route, whether it's HPSP or the Uniformed Services University. Um, Before then you're really not doing much with the military, right? You, you go to commissioned officers training, which you've been to basic already. So you understand kind of that process having gone to basic and then going to commissioned officers training, it's going to be night and day different for you. Um, I guarantee, um, but you've been through that training already. And so really that's, about all that you do. There's some other trainings potentially between first and second year, if you're not doing commissioned officers training between first and second year. Um, but other than that, you go do your residency, uh, or sometimes you just do an internship year like I did, and then you go and serve and you've already experienced that part of it. And then you're just a doctor with a uniform on. Um,
1: besides not getting the the specialty you wanted originally, Do you feel like there's, um, like what other kinds to serving only the military population? Is there like, is there any skill atrophy?
0: There could be, um, there, there could be, you, you may be limited in terms of the procedures you may be able to do or, or other aspects of whatever kind of medical clinic that you're at. They they may, may not just have the resources for you um to to do specific skills that you may want to keep up, and so I know lots of military people who moonlight so that in the civilian world, so they can kind of keep up with skills in that aspect. so it really just depends on where you're at, where you're stationed um and what specifically you've been trained to do through residency fellowship, et cetera.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The military at the end of the day restricts your abilities to do what you want period. Whether that's just being an enlisted person, uh, a regular officer, or or a military officer. Um, At the end of the day, there are going to be limitations. So if you're a family practice doctor, what are those limitations? Probably not much, right? If you're a neurosurgeon, there may be something there. Or if you're... Potentially, I'll give the Air Force specifically, if you go through medical school and you realize, like, I love physical medicine and rehabilitation, right? pm and I love that specialty, but you're an HPSP or, or a USIS member, guess what? You can't match in PM&R. There, there is no PM&R for, for the Air Force. I don't know about Army, Navy, but for Air Force, Sorry. Like go into family medicine, sports medicine, go into potentially orthosurgery, um, go find a different route cause PM and R you can't do. So there, there are limitations in that respect as well.
1: That's a lot to think about. Um, uh, when you were talking about how you didn't get selected for, um, the orthopedic surgeon. Um, is that, is there like some ranking or something, depending on how well you did in school?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So they, they rack and stack the way that I think it's still done the way that it was done when I did, uh, when I went through it is there is a, a rubric and you get a certain number of points for your preclinical years of medical school. You get a certain number of points for your clinical years of medical school. You get a certain number of points for being prior enlisted. You get a certain number of points for some research. You get typically a a program director discretionary points. Like if you really hit it off with the program director, but you struggled your your preclinical years of medical school, they they can just throw in some bonus points because they really like you. Um, So they will then take those and rack and stack and go, okay, we're taking the top five.
1: Do you think it would be better? Like I would have more options if I decided to join the military after I finished medical school and maybe after residency, because then I would have the field that I want and leverage that.
0: You could, the downfall for that is you make a lot less in the military. So you would come in with all your med school loans and have lower pay.
1: Yeah.
0: true. It's tricky. Right, One of the benefits of, of going the military, whether it's HBSP or USIS route, is that you don't have or you have very little loans from medical school. And so the lower pay that you're getting in the military, it doesn't really affect you. Now, there are people out there who have run the numbers and you can go Google and, and say, well, if you're, if you're going the military route, you're giving up on the, lo- on, on the kind of the tail end a lot of potential income. But again, that gets to the fact that you shouldn't be doing this for the money,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but going to a civilian medical school, not having the military pay and then joining the military i think I think doesn't work because the loans are just too big
1: okay. <laughs> um. What about, um, like opportunities in the military, like, were they not that great for you? Um, like for advancement or like, I
0: I had, I had amazing opportunities. I got to fly around the world. I got to fly an F-16. I got to be, uh, part of the kind of hospital admin. If you want to call it that clinic admin, um, my last three years where I was, I was a. Um, basically the equivalent of a C-suite person, one of the like chief executive kind of roles, um, in the clinic as, as only my third year in, um, as the chief of aerospace medicine, I was the public health emergency officer. I, um, I had lots of amazing opportunities for different types of exercises, Um, so yeah, opportunities are phenomenal in the military, lots of diversity, lots of of fun things that you can do. Um, so, so that's not an issue. The other thing to potentially think about with the military is usually the longer that you're in, the more other stuff you're doing, right? In the military, you wear lots of hats typically. And for the medical world, As you progress on, you're getting more into leadership and less clinical. And so if that doesn't excite you, then that may be another thing to think about. If you're like, I only want to do clinical stuff, I can't stand the paperwork and leadership stuff and supervisor, whatever, blah, 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 then maybe that's not a good fit for you as well.
1: Okay. I didn't (laughs) even think of that So I was hoping that... Being in medicine, like that's what they want us to focus on—just the medicine, not like the supervising part.
0: Oh, yeah. there's always, always roles and and opportunities for writing OPRs and EPRs, and yeah, it never ends the the bureaucracy and and uh, admin side of the military, especially as you progress further on.
1: Hey. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess that's all my questions.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, good luck to you.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out our amazing Facebook group, The Hangout, at medicalschoolhq.net slash group.